Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome everybody to what is now becoming a, uh, I guess, a yearly tradition. Uh, this is our college football preview that nobody asked for and probably less people will even listen to, if that's possible. Um, joining me is my co-host, Stacy at StacyPan89. Stacy, how are you doing? Uh, very thankful that... I have college football and football in general to distract me from other sports. So, Yes, that is nice. It is a good thing. Uh, I am also thankful for that. Grateful, even, you might say. Uh, we are joined, as we were last year, by friend of the pod. His name is Kurt Schultz. Is it Kurt Schulte or Schultz? Schulte. Schulte. Uh, that is at Kurt underscore Monk on Twitter. Kurt, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Not really, but it's been a it's been an awful week because cold weather in Atlanta doesn't mix. So I, I believe that. Uh, it was I like also 15 last last week. Pipes burst all over my apartment complex. Thankfully, I didn't get the worst of it. But whew, there you go. Uh, at least for your sake, um, I can't believe that the cold weather in Atlanta is as bad as the cold weather up here. So no, it's not. Uh, We're not prepared for it. That's true. Um, it, it was 55 here in uh, in Connecticut. So, well, yeah, it was great. It was beautiful today. It's supposed to cool down again oh, yeah. tonight. So, it was it was just the holiday weekend was horrific. But well, but both both games are played. Well, one game is being played in a dome, and one game is being played in Arizona. So, I don't think weather is going to be a big factor. No, I I suspect weather will not be a big factor. And uh, two, what we're going to discuss, again, is the college football playoff. So uh, I have no idea how you guys want to start this, so I guess we'll just start by talking about stuff. Um, well, I, 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 you, guys think the, you guys think it was the right four? I know there was a little discussion around. No, I don't. Okay. You I, would have put, I would have put Alabama in over Ohio State. Okay. All biases aside, if that's possible? Or... I don't see how that's biased. Who did Ohio State beat? What did they do? I mean, they the played. Pe- they played one game all year, and they got their shit kicked in. Like, they beat. I mean, besides Ohio State, their best win was equivalent to ours, essentially. Yeah, and Penn State sucks. And the thing is, if we had <laughs> lost, if Michigan lost by three touchdowns, I promise you, there's zero chance Michigan's getting it. There's no chance. That is. A, that is, I think, a good point. Um, yeah. Over over Bama, you're saying, right? You think I think two things. Up. Two things yeah. for Notre Dame that put them. In, put two things for Ohio State that put them in over Alabama for me. Notorious Alabama stand in myself. Uh, <laughs> I think the win against Notre Dame helped. Notre Dame surging late in the season helped, and then obviously the Penn State win is better than anything Alabama had. Now on paper, yeah, obviously they probably were. They probably would be the best, and they probably would be only a, a three point dog to Georgia. But they'd be favored against Michigan, probably. Like, yeah, probably. Um. I, I mean, I think the real question, though, is, I mean, Shun, do you think Ohio State's worse than TCU? No, I don't. But that's not, like, how this is determined, right? Like, like if we're, if we're saying who are the four best teams in the country, then TCU wouldn't be in this. Like, Ohio, like, George, like, Bama's better than them. Right. There's... So the, the case for Ohio State would be TCU's best win was Kansas State, which is ranked about even with Penn State and basically every advanced stat. So that was Ohio State's best win. And TCU lost to that same Kansas State team. No, no, no. But, but, but now you're punishing a team that got further. Like, yeah, they got the conference like, championship game. So, and especially with how two, 2014 ended, you would have lost all credibility in the college football playoff, in my opinion, if you punished the Big 12 for not having a championship game in 2014 and then punished them in 2022 for having one. The only reason they have one is because they missed out in 2014. It is a weaker so, like, Big 12, though, right? I mean, it, it is not a good, down. 
I, I agree to I agree to a point, but it's also like sometimes you just gotta respect the play on the field. Where they played like nine games in a row. They didn't have a bye week since the seventeenth. I think they're a sneaky they're a lot better than a lot of people give them credit for. Are they a top yeah, they probably won't beat Alabama on a neutral site, but not many teams can. And it's like okay. Like I, I just this is my thing. I don't think you should be allowed to be in the playoff if you didn't make your conference championship game. Like, so if that was the argument against Alabama, I'm fine with that. But that's obviously not the argument. The argument is just like Ohio State has one loss, Bam has two. That's it. That's the only argument. Because, and that's an argument I'm okay with because if you lose twice, then are you really the best team? I think you're better than Ohio State. Ohio State yeah. played no, they played yeah. nobody. If they played just- absolutely nobody. They got their, again, they got, they didn't just lose. They got destroyed at home. They lost by three touchdowns plus a point at home <laughs> by a team that they, fucking were favored by nine points on that they spent an entire year talking about you know oh we got to hear all this shit we're fucking been preparing blah 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 they've got you know god knows what they've got marvin harrison jr who apparently is the greatest wide receiving prospect of all time cj stroud is gonna be a top five quarterback pick blah 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 five stars that only compare to georgia and bama and they they got their shit kicked in like there's no argument for them i'm sorry like alabama lost twice Alabama lost to Tennessee, who, like, I think it's obvious Tennessee at the end of the year without, uh, what's his name? Hooker. Did Hooker. Like, they were not as good as they were when they played Alabama, okay? Like, and they lost by what? What was it? Three points? Like, a crazy game that probably, like, I mean, look. They missed the field goal that would have won it. Or the yeah. Like they also had two drops on the, so yeah. I think we all agree that Ohio State probably, like, Alabama was the better team. Ohio State only got in because they had one loss. And honestly, I mean, with a four-team system, with let's be honest, this is a two-horse race for the national championship this year. It's Michigan and Georgia. I am going to I am going to blame you if 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 we lose tomorrow. Oh, absolutely. Oh, even if even if they lose tomorrow, he might still be right. Like even if Michigan loses tomorrow, he might still be right. Or if Georgia loses tomorrow, he might still be right. Because if if TCU wins on a last-second field goal, a la fire drill, what they did against Baylor. Are you going to look at your arguments coming up to this? Are you going to look at the stuff we said and said, you know what? We were wrong. No, we're not going to see that because the points I'm going to make about TCU's defense being very aggressive against the run, how they handle like baiting you into gaps and then closing with their linebackers. They got talented linebackers. They got corners who aren't afraid to be corners. And I don't think Michigan can really take the top off them over the secondary. And if they can, then, well, I'm wrong. It's a 30-point game at halftime. I have a very basic thing. I think the Big 12 sucks. I don't respect any team in that conference. I don't respect any defense in that conference. I don't care what they do. I don't care how talented they are. Nobody in that conference can defend. Who was the fucking guy that Ohio State hired? Jim Knowles? Yeah. He was like the god, defensive god of the Big 12. And he couldn't do anything against Michigan. They gave up, what, like five? What was it? Five touchdowns over forty yards. Three. Michigan over- left. Michigan left a bunch of big plays on the yeah, field. Like I, I'm sorry. Like I, you can tell me all you want about their scheme and linebackers closing and blah blah. I don't respect them. I I, I don't think it matters that like I say that because guess what? Nobody. I promise you, like six people are going to listen to this podcast, and three of them are sitting right here. Um, <laughs> like like. I'm sorry. I just don't. I don't respect the Big Twelve as a conference. I haven't respected it as a conference. For years, because every time they get somebody into the college football playoff or the BCS championship game, whatever the fuck it is, all that happens is they go there and they get 55 hung on them every yeah, I mean, year. So I'm, I'm looking at um, the playoff. Um, so since the playoff started, the Big 12 has not had a finalist. Um, the Big 10 has not had a finalist besides Ohio State. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, it, in those games, it does seem like you know, even when Oklahoma is, is, you know, you know, one of the elite teams, they've struggled with that. And you saw that they lost their coach. He did the same thing at USC, right? Um, you know, kind of on that note, though, um, it's interesting to note that despite how much, you know, there is kind of this power law thing in, in college football where the top three or four teams are pretty much the same every year, Ohio State, Bama, Clemson, Georgia have been the most consistent ones over the last decade or so. Um, no one has repeated. Uh, Clemson won. Clemson and Alabama won four in a row between them, but they alternated each time. Um, one of those, Alabama won um, in 2017. Uh, I don't want to have to rehash that for you. Oh, boy. But, yeah, um, 
Oh, you could see my heart break in the stadium. Golly, that was a fun. That was a fun night. I still think about that night fondly, even though it was horrific. But, it was the same year the Falcons. Uh, uh, the no, it was the year before. The Falcons blew it the year before. Okay, yeah, it was within a calendar year. I think. I think that was um, what everyone brought up. But um, you know, uh, it's it's tough to repeat. And I do want to ask you about this Georgia team because that was you know that was a historic defense. Um, you know they. The one loss they had, they very emphatically proved that if it wasn't a fluke, it was not something you'd expect to happen regularly um, by avenging it against Bama in the final. And I have to ask, is this Georgia team better than last year? To the three people who don't listen, who aren't in this room, but are going to listen to this that Schwinn mentioned, I think yes. I think they're more comfortable on offense. They're more creative on offense. Like, Offense struggled a lot in the middle of the season. And that's primarily because Lad McConkie decided he never wanted to catch a ball again. The Kent State game, he had like four drops and a turnover. The Missouri game, he had like three big drops and a turnover. We shot ourselves in the foot. And I think Kirby Smart has a way of, in games, he knows that they're going to win. He says, all right, let's try zone blocking this game. And if it sucks, it sucks. But we're going to figure it out and put it on tape. So our defense... Our defense probably takes a small step back, obviously, but our offense, I think, is significantly better. We've switched kind of from a zone-blocking scheme to more man-based and counter-based. You'll notice a lot of counters if you watch Georgia when you watch Georgia on Saturday. And that works very well with our running backs, and they're, they're very good at it kind of dicing through the hole. Uh, well, a little bit. The red zone offense is a bit of a struggle, I think. With, I think that's where we're not as good as last year, where – Last year, I guess, we just kind of threw it to Brock Bowers and teams hadn't accustomed to that yet. So I think they're – I don't know if they're – I did say they're better, so I'll, I'll back it up. I say I think they're a little bit better. But just a little bit worse on defense and a little bit better on offense, but that, like, percents out to a slightly better team. Because if you look at what they did in the games that mattered this year, it wasn't even clubs. Oregon, Tennessee, LSU, the three biggest games of the season – we beat the dog water out of the team and we we're all turning the channel at halftime. So that's kind of what happened last year, but like seems to be this team's MO when they, they get up for big games and then they put it on cruise control. Yeah. I, I think that that seems to be a pretty fair assessment. Cause I mean, the Tennessee game, I think reminded and Oregon, obviously remind a lot of people that like, this is Georgia. Um, there's like two things I wanted to ask, uh, especially I went into that game thinking Michigan had a chance, which was probably underrating Georgia as amazing as it is. Um, but, um, but it, I, you know, I probably did underrate them uh, even by thinking Michigan had a chance. But um, the two things that stood out to me is just how much Jordan Davis enabled them to just do whatever. And it wasn't just Jordan Davis. It was the fact that, I mean, even when Michigan got the matchups they wanted, you know, guys like Nolan Smith, I think Nolan Smith, um, who is out for the rest of the year, so he's not playing in the playoff. He, he is okay. injured. So. But, but you just, you have this guy who wasn't the most heralded player on the team. Um, number one recruit, though. And I think, like, it seems like his pass rush hasn't, there's a couple of guys at Ohio State like that where the pass rush hasn't popped quite the same way, but they're still, like, he was two gapping on the edge, even when Michigan got the numbers they wanted. Um, you had things like Jordan Davis just being unblockable. Um, so that that was one thing that stuck out to me, that even when Michigan had schematic advantages, it didn't matter. Uh, or, or I shouldn't say schematic advantages. I should say, you know, even when they got the things that typically they'd want, it didn't matter. The other thing was that you just had guys like, oh, yeah, we have Dalvin Cook's brother. He hasn't been as... Um, you know, with so much notoriety as other players in that position. But yeah, like if we split them out, you're fucked. Um, they still <laughs> had those things. Um, it seems like that is a little bit less of a thing this year. I mean, Jill and Carter, Carter is amazing. Um, but is the defensive front quite that much of like, yeah, this is still basically all NFL guys and even a Joe Moore award-winning team can't defeat it. And then is there like a guy on Georgia who, you think is like just because of how much talent they have, people are probably like forgetting about or like. There's there's two names to watch, and I guess numbers to watch for Georgia's defense this year. It's going to be number ten, Jonathan Dumas Johnson, 
he's kind of taken the role of the Georgia middle linebacker. So the Nakobe Deans, the Roquan Smiths, he's going to be flying all over the place. I think we have the best star in the country in Javon Bullard. He's all over the place. And then with the way a lot of teams use slots, use they, they scheme their sets so that the slot guy is open. And Javon Bullard is just like, no, I'm going to cover you and I'm going to lock you up. So those are the two big guys. I don't think anybody's going to really throw towards number three, Kamari Lasseter. They really don't. Um, but, yeah, you are kind of right about our edge rush not quite being what it was last year. But the problem is, is we just send our two linebackers and play contained. Georgia runs a lot of two linebacker blitzes, and that's something a lot of teams have struggled with, especially teams like Ohio State, who have good tackles but not great uh, interior linemen. But one thing I wanted to talk about Michigan is it does – I know you made the switch to J.J. McCarthy, and when I watched your big games, you guys – you remind me a lot of 2017 Georgia, where a lot of your big plays come from one plays, but they're blocked so darn well. So it's like, you know when to call the run play. From what I've seen, J.J. McCarthy knows how to call the run play. Like, I, if numbers are wrong here, I'm going to move it. So you have a your, your new offensive coordinator has a good, like, pacing of the game. So he knows, like, oh, now they're going to blitz. Let's play this jumbo set, block it all, and then we're going to send the 70-yard run. So do you guys feel like you're more, more explosive than you were last year? Oh, yeah. On offense? Yeah. it's not. Well, I mean, Cade sucked. Um, yeah. <laughs> JJ doesn't, so that's like, that's honestly the biggest thing. I, I you had to bring like, up your tweets from the Penn State game, Schwinn. <laughs> I what did I even say? Oh, yeah, I mean, look, JJ wasn't good for a long time. He needed time to get down the explosive stuff and hit those. I mean, he, he like Harbaugh talked about it, right? He's like, look, guys are running open. You don't have to fucking hit them in stride. In stride, you can or like just kind of like, yeah, yeah. You, you can you have more room for margin for error. So like, don't try to be perfect unless you need to be perfect. Um, but like, look, he struggles with accuracy down the field. Sometimes he struggles with a lot of things, but like at the end of the day, he gives you an element that you just didn't have with Cade, both because he's mobile and because he's just, he can make throws that Cade will never be able to make no matter how many cool podcasts that he goes on. Um, hey, man, like, he's going to light it up at Iowa. Oh yeah. <laughs> We're going to let him slag it all over the yard. <laughs> yeah. Him and Eric all are just going to light it up. Um, I think I think that yeah, like I think not only is Cade or not sorry is JJ a more explosive quarterback, but like we didn't Edwards played a little bit last year yeah. and we got like we got a little bit like against Rutgers I think was it was it no, no sorry, Maryland. Maryland as Maryland he had 170 yards receiving yeah he he was explosive in that game he actually had a crazy catch against Ohio State but he didn't do much in that game like he didn't do much in the Big Ten title game other than throw an amazing touchdown He's but a like third string as, running back he's just not yeah, going to get that much right. Right. And so, like, aside from that stuff, like, he didn't, he, he was not showing out last year. And I think Harbaugh, like, maybe some other coaches would be out there like, okay, Edwards is just such a superior talent. Like, I know that Haskins and Quorum have superiority in terms of – or, sorry, seniority. But, like, this guy's yeah, I mean, talent. they're pretty fucking good. There's they a they reason. are. They were. They are. But, like, let's be real. Like, that guy – I think there are coaches that would have put him on the field more yeah. – than, than Harbaugh did, but like Man, that's I know what that is. I know that feeling. We got yeah. we got a couple like freshman sophomore running backs that are like give them more carries, and that was yeah. when our offense started getting better. Dejan Edwards and Grant Robinson, we gave them more carries, and boom, our yards per rush went right. up. Right. Or it's so, like having a young player who gets 15 assists one game, 36 points the next, and he's going to go back to. I'm so glad I haven't been paying attention to the Knicks this week because well, it seems like it's a disaster. Yeah, it's great, <laughs> um, but like. Yeah, like, I just think the fact that Edwards, like, it, obviously it sucks not having Quorum, but I will say this, like, Quorum, yeah, and, like, he's had big runs, but he's not, the, he's not explosive. He's not a 4-4 like guy. Yeah, yeah he, he's not going to get on the open field and just, like, once you're out in the open field, it's not like, well, good luck, like, now nobody's yeah. catching him. The Edwards is like, what, I mean, you saw that in the Ohio State game, as soon as he hit the hole twice, it was over. That was it. That was it. We saw it against Penn State. We've seen it in a bunch of games this year. Um, he's just... A fucking specimen, and like on top of the speed, you started seeing flashes of like vision combined with power, and like you're talking about a guy who looks like. Look, I'll be surprised if by the end of next year you're not talking about him as a day one pick in the NFL. Like he, he's that talented. He's, I agree. I think he's really and especially especially with how important pass catching is. Um, like he, I mean, I, I think um, 
Curtis Sam, like he reminds me a lot of Curtis Samuel. I think he's a little bit better of an interior runner. Uh, I think he's, he's a better interior runner. I would see him as a running back in the NFL, but he can do a lot of the same things that a guy like Curtis Samuel does. Where, like, the the fact is that the, as a running back, if you really want to add that kind of value, you need to be able to run routes. He runs routes like a wide receiver. He's got great hands. I think one interesting factor is that is a weakness for TCU. Uh, is that their linebackers? Their linebackers are good against the run. They're very good at getting downhill. But when it comes to defending, you know, a guy like Donovan Edwards or you know Colston Loveland or one of Michigan's tight ends, they're going to struggle. But you know, one thing is Edwards. Edwards against Ohio State. What was really incredible about just how badly Michigan dominated Ohio State was Edwards had basically one hand. He could only run like the bash play because his other hand was just useless he had a big club that club has been downgraded to a wrap does nice. that mean he can be involved in the receiving game i mean michigan has strategically dropped clips of him catching passes but can he be the same kind of dynamic receiving threat is going to like if if he is it really seems like that michigan just can submarine that um that tcu defense but i think i think you hit the nail on the head in terms of the explosiveness like those are the two big things and that is what I'm really fascinated. And, and even even Loveland, like Loveland, is a more yeah. explosive tight end than than all or, or school. Or, yeah, yeah. That was something I remarked in in our last year's one was I wasn't. I know you guys liked your tight ends last year, but like I really didn't get it. Like I saw Schoonmaker play. Used to Bowers, that's why. Bro, we don't. That's, true. that's <laughs> very true because I have a generational tight end, so I'm not impressed. Excuse me. Excuse me. How many generational tight ends? Two. Thank you. Darnell is such a good blocker; it's insane. Hey, go up and get it too, man. That guy looks like yeah. prime LeBron at times. You know? No, we got <laughs> we've started throwing to um, Marcus Rosemary, Jack Saint, and he just Stetson just kind of goes, "All right." So we struggled a lot in the red zone when Stetson was trying to fit it into tight windows. We're like, "Wait a second, what if we throw it over the tight windows? <laughs> just throw it up." He made that throw in the Tennessee game. Like that was an NFL throw. We probably won't ever play a meaningful down in the NFL, but it's like, dang. That talent flashes. I'm glad he got his like Heisman uh, see, lifetime achievement award that everybody got so up in arms against. Like, how dare Stetson Bennett make it? Is he even the best player on his team? Who cares? It's Stetson Bennett. Let him go, kiss his championship ring up there, and shut up. <laughs> I mean, I, I think the Heisman. The reality was there's just a whole lot of mid. Um, so it's a lot of mid. Um, like, I mean, Stroud lost his Heisman movement. Caleb Williams, I did think. Stroud isn't good. That's the thing that nobody wants to talk about. So, I mean, I'm really interested to see how. I'm curious to see if Jalen Carter is going to pick him up like a little boy, like he did Jane Daniels. I mean, he, so I mean, let's. So Stroud is he is mobile in terms of extending plays. He's got a he's got a cannon, um, and he's accurate, but he never runs with the ball. No. Um, and if you if you fuck with this person, like Jesse Minter is a terrific defensive coordinator, but the number of times when like Stroud's first read was gone because Michigan dropped a guy into coverage, you know, it, and like if Jesse Minter can do that, and I, I again I will say I think he should have won the Bros Award. I'm not minimizing him, but I have to think the combined duo of Kirby Smart and Will Muschamp are going to be able to confuse him a lot more than that. Um. You know, I, so, I mean, we could talk about that game a little bit. Like, when I look at, so, I think that there's a lot of Ohio State fans who feel that the Michigan game was a bit of a fluke. Michigan hit a lot of big plays. But for a half, you know, Michigan had five rushing yards in the first half. Um, you know, the reason for that is Ohio State was loading the box and often playing cover zero. Michigan hit two big plays in the first half, and they hit a few more in the second. And then... Even in the run game, they missed opportunities, hit the big plays in the first half. So I, I think, like, if Michigan Ohio State played again, and I, the reason I bring this up for your game is because I think Georgia is, is more talented than Michigan, but stylistically there are similarities, right? You love to go heavy, you know, bruising offensive line, a quarterback with mobility. I don't know if you like to run Stetson on, you know, design runs as much as Michigan does with JJ in big games. It's more of a scramble. 
Yeah, like so. Difference, but but to be fair, like it's not like they were running JJ a shit ton yeah, against. No, Ohio but State, but, yeah. but uh, Michigan's. I mean, this is this is what Michigan's going to face with TCU, right? If you run your QB five or six times, that can be enough just to keep that defensive end from crashing, right? To give you that man on man. That's all you need. It's not really about how many yards JJ gets. It could be five for twenty seven, but if that opens up the big plays. But what I want to bring it up is I think where the game really. Like, if you tell me 45-23, what part of that is going to change? I think the 23 would change because Michigan won on third down on defense. Ohio State put up 492 yards. So it's not like they were struggling to move the ball. But uh, what a lot of Michigan bloggers will bring up, and there's some truth to this, is that, you know, Ohio State is not meant to be a, you know, we're going to run it at you on third and two, and you know it's coming, and you're still not going to be able to stop it. They get, they get chunk yards. They get chunk gains in the run game. Because you they, you have to play a light box. You cannot play a heavy box against, you know, when you're dealing with Marvin Harrison and uh, Ibuka and all these guys on the outside. I always play and a heavy s- box against your mom. <laughs> Wouldn't you ever play a heavy box? I think one thing you're missing, uh, and that's fine because we don't do it a ton. But so what I'm saying is, like, if we were to play them in a rematch and if I'm extrapolating to Georgia – I wonder if some of the that short yardage success that we had against them was randomness, and it wasn't because like they did throw the ball sometimes, and you know they had a couple of like Michigan defended well, but they had a couple of plays that the great receiver might make a catch there. I do wonder how much that high variance stuff could play in their favor yeah. in a rematch against a team like. That. I mean, look at look at what happened in our most recent recent playoff matchup um, rematch. Georgia got boat raced in the SEC championship game. Right. Came back and. It was a four-quarter battle until Georgia opened it up in the end of the fourth. So, like, I'm not obviously discounting Ohio State's a good team. They're probably top five in the country. I discount them. <laughs> yeah, you guys are haters. And I'm, no, I'm, I just genuinely don't think – I'll show this to like, you. No, I'll, I'll say this. Like, they're, they're not physical. They're not physical on either, end of the, on either side of the ball. Um, like, the fact that – they bait, like you said, like, how did they stop the Michigan run game? It wasn't exactly. because they were, like, beating us up at the line of scrimmage or, like – their stunts were so good. or No, it was because they literally were playing cover zero. They had nine guys in the box. They were selling out to stop the run. They're not a physical team. They're not physical on either end of the ball, on either side of the ball. Um, offense, but on, on, on offense, like, would they – like, that's that's my question. Would we be able to stop them on third? Yes, we hold because, them because, because I'll tell you exactly why. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why I think this. Last year, okay, when we played them, you know, it was so snowy. You can't judge a team when it snows because <laughs> football is, you know, it's meant to be played in only sunshine and fucking perfect weather. Um, but, like, what was the difference, right? Like, we forced them into a bunch of third and longs that they converted, not because C.J. Stroud is some amazing, like, the you know, out of – Yeah, because he – you can go back and watch how it's that game. There are, like, four or five catches in that game that are just complete bullshit, like, Oh One my was God. Smith and Jigga caught it off the ground. Like, it literally and bounced. Didn't, it was and didn't they have two yeah. top ten wide receivers get drafted? Jackson Smith and J- not uh, a lot. Not, yeah, they had the rookie of the year, presumptive, Garrett Wilson. And um, Olave. Olave, yeah. Yeah. And and obviously Jackson Smith and Jigba, who's probably going to be, what, a top ten, top fifteen pick or something yeah. this year. Like, so they were fucking loaded. But, like, my point is, you look at those plays that he was making on third down, right? Whatever the distance. It didn't matter. Third and short, third and medium, third and long, third and forever. All those plays are not like CJ. They're not like, look, I'm, I'm a Bills fan, right? So I see Josh Allen make throws on like third and 18 that are just like, like they're actually him creating the play out of his ass. Like it's like, oh, he scrambles outside and just guns it between three defenders. Like no, nobody can make that throw other than him or something, right? Like the plays that CJ Stroud was making were not plays that you're like, wow, no other quarterback can make it. It was like, wow, look at this receiving talent. These guys are making crazy plays under tight coverage with balls that are being thrown over their head, whatever, it didn't matter. This year, okay, he doesn't have three absolute stud receivers in that game, right? Because Jackson Smith and Jigba doesn't play. Marvin Harrison Jr. is an absolute stud. I think, what's the other guy they had? Abuka. I think I said in Joku, thinking same state, wrong sport, wrong, wrong league. Uh, but like, uh, like, like he is really good. I think he might end up being a first round pick, but he's not at that level yet, right? No. But like, he's really good. I think he would probably be maybe our best receiver, definitely our second best receiver. So he still had really good receiving talent for the college level. Okay, and going into that game, let's not like let's not let's go back to like before the game happened. Going into that game before the game happened. 
every Michigan fan, every neutral, every Ohio State fan, whatever, the biggest worry was like, okay, Michigan's defense has been good, but can they keep Mar- can they contain Marvin Harrison Jr.? Can they contain this explosive Ohio State offense? Only after the game happens, the, oh well, we, they didn't have Jackson Smith and Jigba, and uh, okay, yeah, but like it's, that, that's bullshit. Okay, and it's not like and Harrison they they all produced like right, again right. the yard is the yard is right. there, and and the big thing is this okay. On third down, third down is inherently a down. The best, the best defensive coordinators. It is indeed a down. Thank you. Yeah, and the best defensive coordinators, they are going to take away what you want to do on third down, right? Like the Bills have one good receiver. They have Stephon Diggs right now. He's the only guy that can separate one on one. Guess what happens on third down? Bracket. He'll get a third guy over the top. So it's like, okay, Josh, go throw to Gabe Davis. Go throw to fucking Isaiah McKenzie. Go try to run past sixteen guys and get five yards. Hey, matter. Dawson Knox saved me in fantasy. Yeah, so Dawson Knox. I need, I like need Dawson, to give you some yeah. respect for Dawson Knox. I love Dawson Knox, but he hasn't been – it's not just his fault. It's scheming. But, like, the point is, right, teams take away what you want to do. Good teams, great teams take away what you want to do in third down. That's something Michigan, Kirby always mentions. Right. And so Michigan was like, you can do – there's one time they got beat in third down, and that's because they sent the house – and they got burned. Marvin, Marvin Harrison Jr. scored a touchdown, right? Other than that, on third down, they were like, you can have your fucking bullshit tight end. You can have your second wide receiver. You can have uh, your Travion Henderson variant coming out of the backfield. You can have whatever the fuck you want. We're not giving you Marvin Harrison Jr. And CJ Stroud, I don't care how talented the guy looks. I don't care about the numbers he puts up. He is a fucking idiot. He's not good. He's a one-read, two-read quarterback at most. And as soon as the pocket, as soon as he feels any type of pressure, he gets out of the pocket. But he's not an explosive runner, so he gets out of the pocket. Now he's, he's, no, make... he, he's just scared. Yeah, yeah he doesn't like Which, if I had millions so, of dollars on the line, I might. But, yeah. you know, like, that impacts right. them. And so, and so he does not make plays out of structure, which, on third down against a defense that is going to be coached up by Kirby Smart, you have to be able to do it. On money down, you have you have to have your quarterback either be able to step stay in the pocket and take the hits, or he's got to be able to get out of the pocket and make plays out of structure. Either way, the guy needs to be able to sit back there for three and a half, four seconds, five seconds on a good down, on a lucky down, and take a hit and make a play. CJ Stroud has never shown that he's able or willing to do that in his career in college. Okay, and like he couldn't do that against Michigan. I think Michigan's defense is really good. Georgia's defense is better. Like, they're at least more naturally talented. They've got better athletes across the board. But why would I believe more you do that against them? And, and, and to go back to the point is, like, like the reason why I don't think it's a fluke that Michigan had success against them on third down or fourth down is because they force him into the situations that he isn't good at. Like, the difference between – so, like, when J- Justin Fields got picked, what, 13th, whatever the fuck it was, uh, 12th, I don't remember what pick, whatever pick it was, right? But the difference to me between Justin Fields and C.J. Stroud is you could shut everything down against Justin Fields on a play, and he'll get out of the pocket, especially in college. Now we're seeing in the NFL. Obviously, he ran for what? He's run for over 1,000 yards, which is insane. He's also like, a tough son of a bitch, too. Right. Yeah, he's, he's definitely awesome. tough. He's definitely tough. Definitely tougher than than uh, than C.J. But, like, like, you can take everything away, and then he's like, okay, well, I'm going to get out of the pocket, and now you've got to account for me. Can you you have? Are you going to play odd mirror? Are you going to have a linebackers in here? And even if you do, can he stick with me in open field? Probably not. And even if he does, he comes up. I can make a throw. Like CJ Stroud doesn't do that. He he's never done it, and he doesn't show it. And that to me is like the biggest difference between those guys as quarterbacks at the college level and prospects. But like CJ Stroud to me is a guy. If he gets picked, he's going to go top five. Whatever it is, he's going to go top five. And I think he's going to be a total bust. I really do. Because I don't think he's got anything about him that inspires confidence. And that was, that's was that been on show in two years against Michigan. In every situation where it's like, God, I have it. I have a comp for him. I'm curious what you think about this as a comp for him. Joey Harrington. Yes. I was going to say Jay Cutler, actually. I was going to say Chad Pennington. The other Penn State quarterback, Hackenberg. Hackenberg. Hackenberg is, I, <laughs> I know Hackenberg was just. I can't even. He had an, the Hackenberg had an arm, so I, I get yeah. that. But sorry, real quick. What was the one you said? Cutler. I said Jake. I will say this. I think Cutler was actually pretty tough. He just was a moron. Yeah, I'm, I mean, not, I'm saying that an accurate and um, yeah, that but that's kind of like an accurate and cannon armed QB who like. 
lacked kind of some kind of ability to adjust and and make plays on the fly, right? Yeah, and and I just think like, look, we saw this because I speaking from a, a Michigan fan, like we saw what happened last year in that game. It's what thirty four eleven. I don't think even if JJ starts, then Michigan has a really a chance to win that game. But like, you could immediately see the difference between what yeah was capable, what he was capable of, and what the team was therefore capable of when he came in versus Cade. And obviously, CJ Stroud is better than Cade, but like the reality is, he's not making plays out of structure. He's not. He's making never plays. beaten Cade. Yeah. That's yeah. worth mentioning. Also, yeah, it's, it's like, also- you have to be able to play above the scheme to beat Georgia. You need a quarterback or a team, or some spectacular player that is behind the line of scrimmage. So a quarterback, a running back, one of those two positions, you need to have somebody that can play above the scheme. And it's worth mentioning the last guy who beat Georgia as a quarterback was... Yeah, who can... In my opinion, he was 10-2. Alabama Alabama didn't go 10-2. Bryce Young went 10-2 this year. Like, that Tennessee game is the most insane one-man performance you'll see in college football all year. he's, He's such a special talent. But I think when it comes to like, I don't, to your point about a running back, I don't even think a, a dynamic running back. Yeah, can probably not. Probably because not. it's like, you're going to have to, Kirby knows that Ohio State has great tackles. So what's he going to do? He's going to rush him up the middle. Our ends are going to play cover. They have a, they have a Jalen gonna, Carter for that. Our ends are going to contain. We're going to, you're going to be running into, the thing is, can Ohio State block Georgia's when they have a six man box? Probably not. So that means I don't we get think to play. they blocked us that well in that game. No, like, they did. They did. No, Michigan I don't think they did. Just, I don't think they. I mean, early in the first half, they had a lot. Yeah, but, but that's that's like that's. I don't not, think we have Georgia's D line, but right. Yeah. But, but I don't think that's how you like to me. So the first and second quarter of a game are like the offenses, in my opinion, have advantages because you're running scripted plays. You're on like schedule. Like you're oh, you're yeah. running plays that you've been practicing consistently leading up to a game. Right. Those are the your most scripted plays are the ones that you run earliest in the game. So the offense generally has an advantage. Where you really see like talent versus talent, in my opinion, again, is as the game progresses. And as the game progressed, you could see, like, okay, now we're we're not running the stuff that we've been practicing all year, you know, according to Ohio State. Uh, we're actually having to, like, run different stuff. And it's worth mentioning, Michigan didn't have their best defensive line player in that game. Yeah, he Mike didn't Morris play. Yeah, he didn't play. Like, Georgia, to my, correct me if I'm wrong, Kurt, I think everybody that is a relevance on Georgia's, Georgia's defense, and specifically the defensive line, will be healthy for this game. Everyone and we're expecting we should have. Right. Besides and so, like, to me, I just, and, and I just don't... They're replacing like, I don't, their guys yeah. with... They're also and, replacing their guys with more NFL prospects. And, and even, even the tackles, you're talking about the tackles, like, are either their tackles... I'm asking this genuinely, I don't know. Are the, either their tackles, like, projected as day one picks? Yeah. Or, like, yes. Are they? Are they Paris, day one? I know they're at least... Paris Johnson two. is going to... Oh, Paris, uh, yeah, Paris Johnson's very good. Okay. So uh, they've got one the other guy. Tackle. Like, they're, they're all five-star... The, the problem for Ohio State is not so much their tackles as the fact that their guards are tackles okay. who they've converted to tackle because they just want to throw the ball all the time, right? So that's the so they don't have that nasty mentality where third and two they're going to move you off the ball if you're. I mean, they can do that against you know. And, and uh, the thing that always gets me, and something that as a Georgia fan I have come to relish is this Georgia offense is really fucking good. I know, I know, everyone talks about the defense. If you look at stuff like expected play percentage, explosive play rate, every type of metric outside of red zone, red zone touchdown percentage is the only thing where I'm pretty sure we're below average. Everything else, this Georgia team is incredible. Talented backs, in, incredible pass catchers, a really talented offensive line, and clever schemes. One thing Munkin likes to do all offensive coordinator, he's like, all right, Lab McConkey's on a heater. Let's throw a screen to Lad. All right, Brock Bowers is cooking. Let's throw a screen to Brock. He knows kind of how to push the buttons and, like, give guys – a lot of times on offense, like, we're better than you. Our guys are just straight up better than you, and we're going to show you. The NBA season is heating up, and there are still so many things yet to unfold. Can the Knicks get home court advantage? Who knows? Maybe. Well, I'm looking to get in on the action. I bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, 
place a same game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. Download the app now, sign up with code TBPN, place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet on any NBA team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code TBPN, only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum agent eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Really, I believe this. Michigan, I think, is a better team than anybody in college football other than Georgia and maybe Alabama. Like, I know Alabama went 10-2. and I know they're, like, the worst Alabama team in, I don't know how many years, however many years. They're still, like, I still think Saban is Saban, and I still think they have enough natural talent. You give that guy, Stan, but yeah, yeah, he is that too. But like, you give him what a mu- a a month to prepare for anybody, like he's going to be a problem. Um, yeah, I think that Michigan game is going to go very similar to how that uh, Alabama Cincinnati game went last year, or, or even how we played in the Big Ten championship game, where it's like yeah. Purdue hung in, hung in, hung in, hung in, and then at the end of the day, like you just have more in the bag than they have. Uh, I think as long as Michigan doesn't beat themselves. And they have not beat themselves all year. You know, they have not had games where they have. That's like, something Georgia has done, though. That's that's where for Ohio yeah, State. Yeah, so what happened in that Missouri game? Currently? We've said all, all all forever that Ohio State has no chance. If Georgia beats themselves, the, the Missouri uh, game was actually like a maelstrom of issues. One, Missouri's defensive line is fantastic. We said this in the group chat earlier. I really hate when people like, yeah. other teams have players who want to go to the NFL, too. Other, that's what everyone said when we played Maryland, by the way. Exactly. Like, so it's like Maryland is a good point. I mean, sorry, I know yeah, Twin like, hates so, his brother to death, but you know, like they're yeah. no, 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 that no. Tua slander. The guy, the guys had three concussions. We're we are we're all praying for Tua here. That Missouri, that Missouri defensive line, and same with Kentucky. The guy was showing Kentucky film like it was a bad thing that Kentucky's defense has been one of the best in the last five years. Like. Stop watch college football for fun and enjoy the players. Stop having too much of an agenda. So you're saying this team's bad, that team's bad. But like it was Labakaki couldn't catch a ball to save his life. That's when we actually changed to the counter run scheme over the down counter over the zone counter scheme because we couldn't get separation on their D line. We had like three fumbles in the first half and it was miserable. And then they also had a kicker who could not miss and he hit like three from over fifty. So like they got a couple big plays, and then we stopped them, and then... Yeah, I mean, I just... like The other thing with this game, and, like, look, I don't know... I'm being completely honest here. Like, I have not bothered to do a lot of research on TCU. Um, I'm going to be the guy that you just railed against. I don't care oh, yeah. who TCU has. Oh, exactly. Has. Yeah, like, but I just... you're honest about it. Yeah, like, I just don't care. Like, I think Michigan should win that game. I think Michigan should win that game handily. But to go, like... there. This is the other thing that, like, you can talk to me about talent for talent, like, yeah, maybe, maybe even you can convince me that on pure talent, five-star recruits, whatever, Ohio State's better than Georgia even. I don't know, right? I don't care about that shit. But, like, at the end of the day... They don't have that dog in them. They don't have that dog in them, but, like, why would I pick Kirby... Like, why would I pick Ryan Day with a month over Kirby Smart with a month? And Will Muschamp, yeah. But yeah. yeah, like, oh, there's just no argument for that. Like, Ryan Day, I first of all, I want to say this. I despise him because he's the Ohio State coach. I do think, like, it really sucks being in this position where you literally just get judged on one game a year. And if yeah. you lose that game, everything else you do doesn't matter. You suck, whatever. But, like... And there's the, another guy who made three NFC championships. Right. And right. Brought a and, terrible program back to, like, being good. And he was... The, people still wanted to fire him because of that, right? Yeah, I didn't want to fire him. I'll be honest about that. Um, but, like... Like, you... So... But he hasn't done it. Like, he hasn't beaten Michigan. Or he beat Michigan, like, back 2019. But he's got his ass kicked by Michigan twice now. And he got his ass kicked when he made the college football playoff, right? And then even last year, who did they play in the Rose Bowl? Was it they played was it, Utah? Uh, well, Utah. Well, like, the people don't play, you know, like, um, I don't think um, Olave and Wilson didn't play. It was, yeah, it was no, but they still won that game. So, like, it was a good no, they, they won that game. They won that game, but it was dicey, and they took a lot. They, I think yeah. it was, like, what, 48, 40? It was some crazy high-scoring game. But the point is, like, he has not had a performance yet in a big game really since 2019 against Michigan, which I think everybody knew Michigan was going to get curb stomped in that game. Oh, yeah. um, but, like, like, he hasn't had a performance since then from his team. He hasn't been able to get one from his team where you're just, like, not just do you win in a relatively big game, but it's a dominant performance. Like because go, they also lost that Oregon game last year yeah, at yeah. home. 
Yeah, and then even Kayvon Yeah, and even yeah. Don't say they were trailing in the fourth quarter this year. Yeah, and they were like, look at whatever is it. What's his fucking name? Their quarterback. I can't think of his name right now. Sean Clifford. Yeah, look at it. Like that guy is terrible. Is he older than Stephen Bennett? He might be. He's older than like Jesus, okay? Um, like this guy. I'm the same age as yeah. Jesus now. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. I do uh, want to say one thing on the coaching when it comes to TCU. Again, you guys, college football is always is not about the X's and O's. It's about the Jimmys and the Joes. It's all about recruiting. And TCU does not have the horses in the stable to keep up with Michigan. I think Michigan's going to win that game and cover. I love the story that is TCU. That's I've also like gaslit myself into loving them because I had to argue on their behalf over Alabama because God forbid I couldn't see another Alabama in the playoff. Um, but they're a well coached team too, so they'll give you fight. They'll give you they'll give you hell against. I think it'll be a fun game for about a half against Michigan State. Michigan, excuse me, and then Michigan. Wow. State. Sorry, I got. I'm. It's been a long week, but then they're just going to put the pedal to the metal. I, I think that's going to be a fun one. I can't wait till we go to a 12-team playoff, though. 12-team playoff is going to be sick. Well, it's, it's also – it sucks to see how many teams don't play their best guys, you know? Uh, and I, I don't blame – by the way, I don't blame any player for not sitting out. Um, but if it's a meaningful game, you know, maybe they wouldn't. And I think that's ultimately better for, for college football. Right? Unless you're Jackson Smith and Jigla. Oh, good Lord. They're, they're, I saw some stuff about him, like – that he's ducking George. I'm like, he wouldn't do that. He wants to get top, pay like a top 10 player. I just think he doesn't want to get injured. That's all it is. I think he's definitely healthy. He just doesn't want to get injured. Which, hey, I mean, more power. I mean, shit, there's people that thought Corum would come back and I don't think he should. So, um, I don't don't blame anybody for for not playing these. But if it was a 12-team playoff, I think you would see more players play, and ultimately that's good for the game. Right? So. Yeah, and I, I saw a bit of bowl, bowl committee propaganda would say, like, we should have these bowls off campus. I'm like, fuck no. God, I would love a damn home playoff game between the hedges or in the big house. Or Sorry, those are really two stadiums. Yeah, if you guys had to, if you had to come up to the big house last year, and you would have, it was the – then Jordan Davis would have frozen – Forty yards. That's I'm. I'm. That's my new. Uh, my You're new telling adjustment. me turbocharged the Kobe Dean wouldn't have hawked down that screen pass from halfway across the field? I mean, he. I don't. I don't know. He's. Uh, I mean, it's. It's noticeable that Jordan Davis has uh, has not been playing after the weather got cold up in Philadelphia. Oh, that's maybe they need I some time to get acclimated. Probably that's that. <laughs> I guarantee you, Michigan would have won by forty points if we played. <laughs> In, in South in South Bend. In, in South Bend. If we played in South Bend last year, we would have lost by 40. But um, but getting back, so is there anything about Ohio State that does worry you? I think their defense and their ability to do turnovers. Because I know in that Iowa game, they were not great on offense, but the defense, granted, it's Iowa, so it's the sicko committee fucking <laughs> national champion. So, like, sure, they're not a great team. But Georgia has... Sometimes they let the spaghetti fall out of their pockets a little bit. Now, they don't usually do it in big games. You saw that in Oregon. I've never heard that phrase before. But You've I never that. heard spaghetti out the pockets? No, no I, I've heard mom spaghetti. But Oh, uh, it, it's kind of similar thing. where it's, it's just this old, like, copy pasta from early in the internet era where it's like the dude was talking to a girl and he just – it's fumbling. It's stuttering over your words, making mistakes, spaghetti in your pockets. You drop your spaghetti. He's weak. Yeah, it, it comes from that too, I think. But it's it's got to be the turnovers because Georgia does have a proclivity for turnovers, and if, if the one way to kill this Georgia team because we love complimentary football, you need to generate short fields. If you get short fields, you could maybe hit a quick play with a foot touchdown. You could maybe hit a get even three points, and that could turn the game. Because you saw what happened in that. You saw what happened in that damn Tennessee game where Georgia had a 75-yard punt, put you on the one, fumbled, got the punt, scored on the next play. It's like the way Kirby Smart coaches is it's full of like 360-degree coaching. It's the complete opposite of Tom Thibodeau. Where Kirby Smart <laughs> adjustments every single fucking play. The highest compliment you can pay a coach, right? Yeah, right. And it's um, like it's yeah, really no. funny to be to see people like if people wanted to simp for Nick Saban, it's like, fine, I don't give a shit. It's Nick Saban. He, he's probably those more about football than I ever. And, like, let's be real. Like, Kirby Smart, like, I think last year when they beat Bama, Is they he had related the... to Marcus. Yes. Uh, he's also so, like, related I... to the little pink ball of fluff 
that kills guts. Yeah. But like last year when they beat uh, Bama, I think, yes, Kirby Smart outcoached Steven, whatever, but like they had the better team. So it was yeah, like. They also got lucky. I, I will say this on the record so Alabama fans don't kill me. We got really lucky. Unfortunately, the injuries helped a lot. To oh, for sure. Jameson Williams and um, yeah. John Metchie, who I believe is is still yeah, out. Well, he is. Yeah, that's a, like, that was really sad to hear. That, that sucks, dude. I love him. See, that's my thing. I despise the University of Alabama and the brand, but I adore every single one of those players. I think. Well, that's because you're trying to recruit all of them. Of course. Um, but I'm like, I'm also a nice guy. I like to think it. I, I, I don't have this vengeful bone, vengeful spirit that you two have. I'll say, I, I'll, I, I, like Garrett, I, I like Garrett Wilson. Like, I'm hoping I Michigan. Don't. Uh, or sorry, Philadelphia kills them this week so that we can lock up. Uh, Wait, but isn't Garrett Wilson on the Jets? Yeah, what? Garrett Wilson on the Jets. Oh yeah, Olave. Olave? Olave? Yeah, I'm thinking about Olave. I mean, I, I do like Garrett Wilson's personality though. I even liked him when he was at Ohio State. But, oh, yeah, uh, you like his personality? Oh, oh. great! He's got a great personality. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't like most Ohio State players' personality. Good, keep it that way. Stop being a fucking. Loser. See, I just, I just uh, like college football, man. Like, I don't, I don't get this. All, all I was going to say is that, like, I think Kirby Smart outcoached Nick Saban in 2017. He did. Um, he, oh, he, he outcoached him, and Tua made, like, a crazy play. That's it. And like, he outcoached him in 2018, too. That's, right. the, that's what pisses me off. Right. So, like, so, it's like, so, it's like, to me, fuck. I'm taking the guy that has outcoached Saban in, in what is probably, like, talent for talent. Those two matchups are probably, like, the, they're, they're as even as two teams are going to be at the highest level. Um, he outcoached him in those games, and... They got beat by, like you look at the you look at the way that Georgia scored versus the ways that Alabama scored, and it's like Georgia scored because they executed really well when they scored, and Alabama scored because they had dudes that were dudes and just made fucking great. They plays. also had legitimately the most insane fumble I have ever seen in yeah. my life. That yeah. was, I mean, oh that God. Alabama receiving core is what like that's. That and like the LSU 2019 one, like those are like probably the two best. Listen, I, I think we can all agree that Georgia, that Georgia defense last year is the top three defense of all time, can be an argument for one. I still think we lose the 2019 LSU as good as. Oh, God. Three. That team was pretty good. Like Jefferson, LSU, the greatest. Like yeah. uh, Chase. Yeah. And especially just... last year, because last year our secondary was our weakness. They would have just fucking yeeted all over us. Yeah. But so well, I do want to talk about the Georgia secondary a little bit because. This was an argument a lot of Ohio State bloggers made when Michigan was getting the shit kicked out of them last year, was that, you know, maybe Michigan beat Ohio State, but Ohio State would have been the better matchup. And this was after Alabama had had some success. Um, I mean, they put up 40 points on Georgia. Um, and I think it was presumed, and I think this was over, uh, this was a little bit overstated that Georgia's I think it was more of a relative weakness than an actual weakness, right? Because like there was still a solid secondary. Yeah. Also, just to touch on that Bama one, yeah, I know Bama put up forty points in the SEC championship game or whatever. Um, I was I listened to this like Vegas Insider podcast, and this guy for like a month before that game was like, "Oh yeah," he's like, "Because you remember like the three flat the last three SEC games that Alabama played that year, they were all just like they played like dog shit, and they won yeah. each one by like two points, three points. It was all like last second Bryce Young." pulling shit of his ass stuff. And this guy for like that entire month leading up to that was like, he's like, oh, Georgia's like, or Alabama's like, they're not preparing for any of these teams because they know that they have to just prepare for Georgia in the SEC championship game and that like, that's their only chance of getting to the national championship. So they're basically just going out there every week trying to out-talent these teams. But all they're doing in, during the week is preparing for Georgia. And that's why that game was like such a like, clusterfuck for Georgia was Bama had been preparing for that game for a month. Yeah. And Georgia had actually been preparing for like their I mean, moment. that's another thing. What were the three, the Missouri game, the Kent State game, we were prepping for Tennessee. Yeah. That's the shit. And Kirby learned that shit from Nick. And yeah. it's like, that's the like, Why did we suck against Illinois? Because, because we were playing the Ohio State next week. Uh, and because we were <laughs> Corum and Edward and Durant. I mean, I, I still think but yeah, I like think, that, I mean, that, that, look, yeah. I mean, how how many missed cutbacks did Stokes have, right? And it was windy, and McCarthy had probably his worst game as a. But I think forward. I think the and Andrew Anthony dropped out. like a fucking easy tutty that should have been. Yeah, it was it was, a, it was it was a championship game last year. The SEC championship game last year. 
just goes to show me that I think we need to do a better job evaluating quarterbacks and how much of them are just absolutely fucking carried by receivers. It doesn't apply to Alabama, but like I watched uh, Jamison Williams do a double move and never lose a stride. Like he cooked us all game. I'm like, damn, this guy's good. So, and so the funny you, thing and, about and, Georgia last year is we weren't healthy at all, all season on offense. That's what made. That's why Stetson Bennett turned around and had such a great playoff. It's because we fucking didn't need it. We were learning how to run. We were starting two freshmen at receiver like ninety percent of the year. Three actually, if you count Bowers. So it was like this year we're just another year older, and it's like Bowers is so. We just got a lot of fun talent and win, loser. Did Bowers win the Mackey Award. Yeah, he won the Mackey Award. Yeah, that's that's not surprising. Uh, well deserved. Yeah. Um, but what I wanted to ask really was. So you are facing another receiver who I do think is that good. Um, you know, the one – Ohio State had two touchdowns against Michigan. One of them was, uh, you know, for all the hate that we've been throwing at C.J. Stroud this podcast, an incredible throw, and the coverage was good from Michigan. Just Marvin Harrison Jr. is an alien. He had a couple of those catches. Only ended up with four. But, um, you know, you are facing a guy who can do those kind of things that Jamison Williams does. Um and I don't think he has the top-end speed of Jamison Williams, which is what you're going to need because Kirby's going to double him all game, whether he's lined up so again. do you think that'll be the – I guess that was my question. Like, what is the strategy going to be? And oh, is it, it going to be similar to the Tennessee game? game. We're, we're going to do very – we're going to – I don't know who's going to be on him. I think they're going to try with Lasseter because Ringo doesn't have the greatest – Ringo is good at, like, positional, but, like, making the actual play on the ball he's a little tougher at. Do you think he's – would you put him as like? Is he getting mocked at like top nine, ten picks consistently? No. Do you think he's a little no. overrated, or I think he's a little overrated because he had the big play of the championship game, and he's on the number one defense. I think I said earlier. I think he's among the weaker in our secondary because Malachi Starks at safety is fantastic. Christopher Smith won, I think the the DB award, and then last on the other side is just an absolute shutdown corner. They don't even throw his way anymore. Um, so it, it's going to be depending on how Ohio State wants to scheme him open. They may try him in the slot, or they may try and push a Buka in the slot and have him go one on one with Javon Bullard. So if they if they put him to the field, do you still think Georgia will bracket, or do you will they only bracket on the boundary? I don't know. I don't know enough about Kirby's tendencies when it comes to that stuff. I haven't followed like bracketing versus field or into the boundary. I just think. It depends on a lot of like the situation of game speed. Like if he if they're playing on their side of the field, I don't know if we'll bracket as much as if we're playing on our our side of the field. Um, but again, he's a fantastic receiver. So if you try to push him towards the corners, he's just going to make an amazing catch on the side. But if you can't run, you can't beat Georgia. And I think that's something where I think without Trayvon Henderson, which one's hurt? Trayvon Henderson or Myron Williams? Both. Um, both are hurt. I don't know which one is going to be healthy, but both were hurt. Henderson's were down. down. Henderson's sure out. I'm pretty yeah. sure he's out. I think, yeah, I, I think I, Mayan Williams. So I think Manuel's is is better. By I the think way. he'll play, but I don't know if he'll be 100. percent And he is he's a bit of a load. He's 225. Um, he I I was impressed with Mayan Williams, um, but um, yeah, I, I think it's I think that they will like yeah Henderson if, Henderson's out. I do think if you play six in the box, even a team like Georgia is going to give up some chunk of runs though. I was oh of course we'll get are good. Um, but I think I think it's short yardage. How much of that against Michigan was randomness, and how much of that is just this is who they are, and they just struggle in short yardage? I th- and, yeah, I, and with Georgia, they're going to give up yards in between the 20s. It's kind of what they – you watch that Oregon game, and they gave up yards in between the 20s. You watch the, you watch the Michigan game. game from last year. I had some false confidence on some yeah, drives, you, and then Cade was – That's Kirby's kind of game plan. It's like he knows that our team is good enough – to if we hold you to field goals, eventually we're going to get a break our way and we're going to score and we're going to take the lead. So we're going to give you plays in between the 20s, which is why I think they're going to bracket. They don't want the big play. They want you in the red zone where they can squeeze the life out of you. Because when you're in the red zone, you can drop more, not have to worry about the run as much, or you can like play fancy different zones and stuff. You can really confuse a quarterback inside there, as well as you can in between the 20s. But inside, you, you, you don't think that you don't think. So I, I know you're a big fan of Lasseter. You don't think if it's Lasseter on on Harrison, right? You don't see them going cover one much and just playing man much. Right? It depends on how well they run. If if they're able to consistently get like five or six yards of carry, 
on first and second down, we may have to adjust. But in that case, they just send the linebackers first as an adjustment before they make any big change. And then we're pretty staunch on cover two, I think. I don't think we really go cover zero because we don't need to. But, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think we're going to put him on island. I would trust Lasser. Listen, you're going to have to put him on an island. You, you remember that game against Tennessee where, I mean, Ringo ran the route for him. So you're going to have to put a line. You're going to have to put a corner on an island every so often to make a big play. It's just can they make the big play? And I think a guy like Harrison over someone like Jalen Hyatt, as good as he was, I think Harrison's the better receiver. Because I think that hypo crap is all scheme-based. It's not really a player-based system. It's a scheme-based system. Yeah, he's really good. And I think that's something where Ohio State doesn't really, in my opinion, scheme. From what I've seen, again, you have to be corrected. They don't really scheme guys open the way a hypo offense does. They just kind of say, here's Marvin Harrison Jr. We're going to throw it to him. Stop it. Uh, Where hypo hyper-focuses on matchups creating runs so that they can bring the numbers to a slight advantage where they can run a double route and have the receivers, like, change it at the top and do some crazy stuff. Like, Heupel is such a fun – like, th- th- this Tennessee-Clemson game is going to be really fun to watch. But, again, I I think Day is – I think you're seeing the aspects of Urban Meyer not being at Ohio State. It's taken a couple of recruiting cycles for it to happen. But it's like that team is carried by their receivers. Their corners aren't as good. Remember when they used to have like day one DBs every year? Yeah. I don't see that as much this year. Akuda, yeah. And it's like um, if Brian yeah, I mean, Hurt left that team, they'd collapse. <laughs> their strategy would have worked somewhat better against Michigan if they did. Um, so, I mean, I think that we're all – I think that as long as, you know, Georgia can win on third down, which I think we all believe they can. Um, I don't really think Ohio State has answers on defense for them. Um, I think they, I mean, Colson Loveland torched them, um, which does not pretend well for facing Brock Bowers. Uh, and he was torching safeties. It wasn't like they were just putting linebackers on him or it was just yeah. a scheme win. Um, you know, but I guess, you know, as a Michigan fan, I have to ask, you know, if it came to that, right, if we, if that was the final matchup, um, you know, uh, is there any reason for optimism from, I mean, I think that what I think, um, you know, last year, what the book on Michigan really over the last two years has been, um, there's two ways to play them, really. Um, if you have faith in your secondary, you go cover one, sometimes cover zero, um, you load up the box, you send second-level players from different places and pop them up in places Michigan won't expect, muck up the run game, and make them beat you over the top. And a couple and Rutgers, of all teams, Rutgers actually made that work really well last year. Um, and then the other school of thought is to play zone and you know give them yards between the 20s and... Um, and then hope that you can hold up. That's what Ohio State tried last year, and Michigan just ran the ball down their throats, and they couldn't stop them in the red zone. What um, what Georgia had was kind of the best of both worlds, where with six, seven guys in the box, maybe, they, they, they were the only team I've seen who could actually win consistently without a numbers advantage, or sometimes even at a numbers disadvantage against Michigan in the box. I mean, that was, that was when you knew that it was not a fair fight. Yeah, um, maybe. Michigan is getting an extra guy now because of JJ McCarthy in that box. I um, think the difference comes down to the center and I the think, center and the. I think you're going to be able to possibly, possibly single team Jalen Carter if if that center is good. I mean, that's going to be the matchup to watch. It will be the center versus Jalen Carter, and if if the center can win that matchup, Michigan's got a good chance to win the game. I don't know if your defense. Listen, I I just think Georgia's offense is criminally under talked about. Because everybody wants to talk about the defense, the defense, the defense. And Kirby just doesn't care. He doesn't care about stats. We're, it's a miracle Stetson Bennett made the Heisman Trophy because he gives yeah, his chances in the first half to put up the numbers, and then he takes the air out of the ball in the second half. That's all he does. So, and I think, yeah, and I think that's, the, that's the other difference between last year. Is last year we were playing Chris Hinton and Mozzie Smith, and behind them were a couple of undersized tackles. Uh, Michigan is really now, 
uh, defensive tackle might arguably be even a stronger position than running back, I would argue, because you have um, Chris Jenkins and and Mozzie Smith are the top two, but Mason Graham is an elite tackle, even as a freshman. Uh, they got Rayshon Benny, who's a former blue chip recruit, who's been playing really well in limited time. They got Kenneth Grant, who's about 350 pounds. So this is like, I don't think this is, I, that's the other thing last year where Michigan's defensive tackles coming to the season were viewed as a weakness, and it didn't show up until that Georgia game, but it showed up in a big way. Um, and um, and that's like, that's what it really comes, like, I, I, I still don't trust Michigan's linebackers against Bowers or, or Washington, but I do wonder how much how much does JJ being an extra guy in the box, figuratively speaking, um, matter? Like, how much does Michigan's tackles maybe not getting washed, but at least like keeping your guys from getting to the second level by holding up to a double? I think if um, JJ can withstand the first punch, because I don't think he's really seen the Georgia speed. Yeah. That a lot of teams other you haven't played a defense that flies like Georgia and hits as hard as Georgia. I don't think anyone has, right? So. Exactly. So it's going to be can he withstand that punch and then take it to the next level? Which I think he can because he's a very talented quarterback. But it'll be a fun game. I know that it'll be like nineties all over again. What's up, so what's up? It's like ninety-seven. Uh, all right, that is our college football playoff pod for today. Uh, Kurt, if there's anything you'd like to plug, like when I where you, they can find you, and then also plug whatever you want to. Well, I uh, plan on doing some draft stuff, mm-hmm. NBA draft stuff in the next cycle for 23. You can just follow me at, uh, at Kurt underscore Monk. That's, I tweet my thoughts, and I'm crazy, so it's fun. But, yeah, so uh, thanks for having me on, guys. I uh, look forward to cheering and crying and doing all the fun football stuff tomorrow. Awesome, man. Looking forward to all of the football stuff tomorrow. Uh, Stacy, you know what? Nobody, nobody, everybody knows where to find you, and you don't have anything to plug, so you don't need to plug anything. Uh, I Draft also, Strickland, baby. Draft yeah, Strickland. There you go. I have nothing to plug. You know where to find me. Um, if you don't, I don't know why the fuck you ended up listening to this podcast. So, all right, that is our pod for today. I hope everybody has a great and safe New Year's holiday weekend uh i will see everybody on monday You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.